0: Show. Happy Saturday. This is my first full show discussing Rampage. So you may know me as Miss Dynamite, but tonight I am Lady Rampage. And what a show to start on. We are going to be discussing AW Rampage Grand Slam, the second part of AW's Grand Slam event. We had the first one on Wednesday with Dynamite. It was awesome. I loved it so, so much. And yeah, we had to, we got a two hour rampage this week and I had to stay up till 5am. I don't know about you guys. I know it's on pretty late in America too, but I had to stay up until 5am to watch this. And I, it was so, so good. It was so absolutely worth it to stay up that late to see this show. Um, and yeah, like McCasp, I am so glad I didn't see spoilers. Yeah. I managed to stay spoiler free except for one match. Um, but this spoiler that I saw just made me happy because you know, I had predicted that that would happen. So anyways, I want to tell you guys before we get started that I will be doing a show now every Saturday on Rampage. It's going to be put, um, Probably a lot shorter than AW Weekly that I usually do, given that Rampage is only a one-hour show. However, this one might be a bit longer because it was a two-hour show, this one. So, yeah, I will be doing a show every Saturday about Rampage. This one I'm going to make a little bit special because, obviously, the AW Weekly Dynamite review did not go to plan at all, um, and I'm... (coughs) very upset about that because of all dynamites it had to be that one so you know i've got a lot of things to talk about this time so yes matthew this is a weekly show now of course of course i'm going to be covering rampage and the first thing that i wanted to talk about you know we're seven weeks away from full gear seven weeks away and on Monday I was out on Monday at the WWE event at the O2 and we got to do some press with like Becky Lynch, the Mysterios, Baron Corbin and that was really really fun but one thing that happened during that was we like we got the the news that travel from November 1st is now open to UK visitors, UK visitors can now go to America, fully vaccinated ones, which is me from November 1st. So that means that full gear is a go for me. So over the next seven weeks, I would say like everything is going to be ramped up like seven weeks to go till hopefully fingers crossed I make it to, to full gear. So what I need from you guys over the next seven weeks is support, prayers, everything because I have been wanting, dreaming, and wishing for so long to go to see AW Live, to go to see a pay-per-view. And now it looks like it's going to happen. And I could not be happier. I could not be more excited. So my goal is just for the next seven weeks to work as hard, hard as possible in every single way and make it to full gear so I'm very 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 excited about that as I said Monday was WWE event that was really cool actually to go to the O2 and see WWE live it was like it's the biggest live show I have seen since the pandemic hit um so it's just incredible to just see that scale of an event again after so long of just being at home and an absolute sadness. Um, You know, you can expect if I go to Full Gear, um, I'll make like as much content as I can when I'm over there. But one thing you can definitely expect is probably a very teary, emotional video from me of like, oh my gosh, I am able to go out again. Like, (laughs) because... Um, going to America is something that I enjoyed so, so much before the pandemic. I've been quite a few times and it was something that in 2020, I was planning to do so much more until everything shut down. So yes, um, that was really, really great. Oh, we had RevPro at your call last Sunday. That was amazing. So it's so great to see RevPro back in York call in front of a full, full crowd. Um, absolutely awesome and yeah and also guys please subscribe to my channel if you are watching and you're not subscribed or if you're over on Twitter watching, um, hit on the YouTube link and subscribe over there. Uh, It helps me so much and it means a lot. I feel like this week I always get comments from people saying like, oh, you deserve more subscribers. I get that all the time. This week though, I feel like I've gotten those comments even more and I agree, obviously, I agree that, you know, I do probably deserve more subscribers because i put a lot into this channel, but when it comes to what I do with my videos, whether it be AW Weekly or whether it be interviews or everything, you know, I'm not here for to clickbait people interviewing, I'm not here to... um, do any controversies to get people interviewing like what you see is what you get these weekly aw shows now doing twice a week it is just to dive into discuss and celebrate dynamite rampage the pay-per-views that's why i do a full pay-per-view weeks of content and with my interviews i just want to deliver the best um aw interviews that i can so That's what it's about for me. I appreciate it. all all your support. Um, If you really want to support, don't just subscribe, but tell other people to subscribe. Tell your friends, tell your families, put links out there on Twitter um, and kind of get the word out, especially to other AW fans. Um, That's really, really, really helpful as well. And if you want to really, really, really support, you can send in a super chat or use super sticker or become a channel member. That way your comments will absolutely get read out. And don't forget to go and watch the two newest interviews that I have up on my channel. Both are AW interviews. I put up Ruby Soho last week. Ruby, 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 Ruby Soho. Uh, she was amazing. I love Ruby so much. I am so glad that she is all elite. I'm glad she is part of the AW family. I'm glad she's happy getting to do what she wants to do. Um, I love her. You know, I'm I'm a punk girl myself and I love everything that she represents and I'm so, so happy to get to talk to her. And also there's a new interview up now with Chris Jericho. I put that up a couple of days ago. Please go check it out. Um, I think that... Um, my best interviews are always with, with Jericho. He always has a lot of really, really great stuff to say. Uh, no exception this time. And um, He told a lot of good stories uh, all about um, his match with Nick Gage, his feud with MJF, the inner circle, um, AEW's wonderful, uh, wonderful um, collaboration with Owen Hart's family, something that I'm so happy that they are able to do. Um so yes, go, 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 go. Check out my new interview with Chris Jericho. At all these videos, please also give them a thumbs up because that really, really helps too. And not only will this new Rampage show, Lady Rampage be here on YouTube, live every week. It'll also be live on Twitch. So if you're a Twitcher, go follow me there. You can find me at Stephanie Chase and it will also be uploaded in podcast form and you can download my podcast AW Weekly from all your podcast providers. Now, let's get into Grand Slam Rampage. First up, first thing to say straight off the back, we had on commentary Ricky Starks and Taz with Excalibur. I thought Ricky Starks and Taz did a tremendous job on commentary. They were so good. This made me want a reality show for Team Taz. I, I know we're getting roads to the top. I can't wait to watch that. But give me a Team Taz reality show. I mean, Ricky even said on commentary that they do brunch and I want to see them have brunch the way taz acts towards his son hook and then the way he acts towards ricky starks that dynamic dynamic is wonderful i love team taz i love ricky starks and commentary when he's with taz they were so genuinely laugh out loud funny sometimes on this show um Just 10 out of 10, like, home run for the commentary team. I thought, you know, initially I wondered, you've got two heels there on commentary with Starks and Taz, but they did a great, great job. And I love seeing Ricky Starks utilised in so many different ways by the company because he's a real, real talent. But we had Powerhouse Hobbs come out, and and he was with Hook, of course. Hook was wearing some bright blue Adidas bottoms, very attention-grabbing. And then we had not just CM Punk come out, but CM Trunks. CM Punk has been peer pressured, peer pressured into wearing trunks by all of you. Not me. I'm not taking any responsibility for this. I was there right at the beginning saying, I prefer the long pants. I I prefer wrestlers in tights. 100%. 100%. I cannot think of a wrestler who I prefer in trunks. Two tights. I'm going to think of some examples of people that have done both. Macho Man, Mandy Savage, I prefer the tights. Chris Jericho, I prefer the tights. Jay White, I prefer the tights. But y'all give CM Punk grief for putting on the tights. So now we are back to CM trunks. And I just hope you guys like it. So we had, early on, Punk was trying to take out Will Hobbs' legs, just great, again, I'll never stop talking about how great the commentary was between Ricky Starks and Taz, really just selling how powerful powerhouse Hobbs actually is. He then gave Hook the finger, official heel turn here for CM Punk, giving the finger to the internet favourite, Hook. Um... Matthew points out that um, Punk, Punk flips off Hook, this show is goaded already. Um, yeah, flipping off Hook, they have to be leading up to something here. Like the, the teases of Hook actually getting in the ring are too much if they're not going to deliver. So, early on, Punk went for the GTS, Hook distracted Punk, Hobbs escaped and crushed Punk with a crossbody for a near fall. There was a commercial break in this match. Later, after the break, Punk was hitting a charging knee in the corner, short on clothesline. He then dropped the top rope elbow for a near fall. The crowd chatted, you still got it, to Punk. He went for the GTS, but Hobbs countered it and manoeuvred. He Punk into a spinebuster for a good near fall. Then we had Punk going for a Hurricane Lana uh, off the top, even though Hobbs, he kind of blocked it, but Punk managed to get him over. This was a little bit nasty looking. And then towards the end, Hook up in the apron the second time. Punk went to confront him. Hobbs charged at Punk. Punk ducked. Hook was collided with by Powerhouse Hobbs falling into the mat. And then Punk hit the GTS on Hobbs and got the pinfall. I thought this was a really, really good match. Um, it's hard to compare it to his match with Darby. I will say that, okay, we're two matches in to CM Punk in AEW. Only two matches in. He's yet to pull a great match out of the bag. Uh, he's yet to have a match where I really feel like it's the CM Punk of old. But he's getting there. He was seven years away from the ring. It's not as if he did much training for this in-ring return. So I really think that he's done extremely well given, um, given given those limitations that he's been away for seven years. I thought this was a great showing for Powerhouse Hobbs. Nice spot to put, in him, put him in. And I do really hope that Punk continues this Team Taz feud because... I think he'd have a good match with Ricky Starks. I absolutely want to see them back and forth in the mic. And then, of course, there is Hook, who is the total unknown. And I think you can't give a guy a better first match than him and there with CM Punk. But that might be too, um, that might be like a little too much for him. But anyway, good, good match. Crowd still love Punk. The aura of Punk has not worn off yet. And. Um, Mookie Z says, Punk actually hitting that GTS later on to finish looked effortless, and one of the cleanest ones I've seen, props to both dudes on the work of this match, it was the opposite of the Derby match. Uh, SCW, the Wrestling Channel, says, I heard Ricky Starks on Manpage Commentary uh, permanently instead of Mark Henry. Oh, wow. Um, I like the hook teases, but I wonder if Ricky Starks could also be a future CM Punk opponent during his feud with Team Taz. I absolutely hope so. I think Ricky deserves that spot. If Ricky is going to be on commentary more, um, I, I fully back that. I really want to hear him on commentary with Jericho. Um um, Mookie Z said, uh, "That's what Punk wanted to test—is a polar opposite of his last match to work against a big guy instead of someone who runs circles with him." Yeah, it has to be. You have to give CM Punk credit for doing these two very opposite matches early on. First with Darby Allen now with Powerhouse Hobbs, but great match, great, great way to open the show. Next, something I thought was awesome, we had a video recap of Thunder Rosa, Nala Road, and Jade Cargill all on the feud. Um, Thunder Rosa was incredible here, um, absolutely wonderful. <laughs> I'm talking about the senoritas that are coming for her. Um, Thunder Rosa is not just probably the best women's wrestler, on American television right now, but she is one of the best women promos and I don't think she gets enough props for her promos. I loved her hair. She was fantastic. She looked awesome. Uh, Nyla Rose, I think it's kind of weak on promos, but in real life, she's so funny and animated and she's a really great talker. So I do wonder if that's something to do with the heel character that Nyla's playing, that she's not 100% comfortable in it because I think it is so far removed from the real life person, um, how she comes across because she just comes across as a hilarious um, person. And I do think her being with Vicky just holds her back a lot. I would never pair uh, Nyla Rose and Vicky Guerrero together. And I don't think it's given her any advantages this far down the line in this partnership. Then Jade Cargill, um, good performance from Jade Cargill uh, as well on the mic. Um, she always like keeps it short and sweet, but really enjoyed this uh enjoy if it's leading to a three-way that would be really really cool um i think i'd rather have it lead to a three-way than to just thunder rosa versus jade cargill only because i'd be worried about who takes the pin there because you want to keep jade cargill strong um but then thunder rosa i think she'd be absolutely kept strong i think thunder rosa should be on top of the division so it's a hard one to work. SCW says, we need more women's matches on AEW TV. We absolutely do. This three-way is something I'd really like to see. Completely agree. Next, it was the super kick. Adam Cole and the Young Bucks with Brandon Cutler and Luke Gallows defeating Christian Cage and Jurassic Express, who had Marco Stunt with him. Don Callis came out with the Bucks, and then he joined the commentary desk. Um, so the reaction for Adam Cole here was uh, amazing, especially the the Adam Cole baby. And it just made me think that if at All Out we had not got Daniel Bryan and all we had gotten was Adam Cole and he'd be, come in as a face, judging by where we are now with the few weeks he's been in the company and the reactions he's getting, I think that would have been totally fine in retrospect. Adam Cole is so over. He's at least the number, he, he's in the top three of the most over guys in this promotion. Um, It's incredible how much this crowd love him. Well deserved as well. It is so great that he is not stuck over on NXT, but for anyone who doubted whether or not Adam Cole should come to AW, whether or not he was the right choice, whether or not AW fans would care about Adam Cole because he'd only been on NXT and not main roster. Well, we can see here that adam cole is a star and it makes me think that the the turn adam cole turning on the rest of the click probably needs to happen sooner than i would have originally imagined because i'm all for the long form storytelling but cole is super Babyface over people love Adam Cole, and that is not something I would have I would fight. But maybe him and um, his girlfriend Dr. Britt Baker are in the same boat here that they are heels that the crowd absolutely love. Um, and Matthew makes a good point here that you have to think about how long this crowd had been watching this because obviously Dynamite was taped before Rampage, and to still give Adam Cole that reception is Really, really cool. So early on, um, it was Cole and Jungle Boy, which appears to be like the the few they're zeroing in on, especially with the announcement of these two having a match. But that's something to talk about later. Um, then Later, we had Cole getting the advantage. He had Jungle Boy in a chin lock. And then the Bucks ran the ropes. And then they both stopped to kiss Cole on the cheek. Highly recommend checking out the Twitter of Britt Baker for her reaction to that one. Um, And then they super kicked Jungle Boy. We had a break. One thing I will say about the commercials here, just while I remember. uh, I was watching on Fight TV, of course. When it went to commercial, most of the time, it went to a screen of just the Rampage song on loop. This is rampage. <laughs> this is rampage. Um, that that is not a good theme tune. Um, I think my the biggest criticism I can give to AW right now is the dynamite and the rampage theme songs are not good. But that rampage song in on a two hour show with the amount of breaks here and just seeing the song loop and loop on fight TV. It was enough to drive you insane, like just that little bit of the song over and over and over again. I'm going to be haunted by that for days. So I would love if Rampage got a different theme Um, or even just like pad this song out more. So it's not the same bit that we're just seeing on a loop because, wow, it was too much. And if you have never watched on Fight TV and you've never heard that, then just please take a minute to think about that or just play like 20 seconds of that of that theme tune over and over on the loop. And just think about how much that would hurt your head during a two hour show, because it drove me pretty mad last night. Um, back from the break, The Jungle Boy. Um, got the tag to Luchasaurus. Now, when Luchasaurus was in, at one point, he got Nick Jackson on the top rope, choke-slammed him for a near fall. He then had him by the throat for the cover, but Rick Knox did not notice really bad referee in here from Rick Knox. As we got to the end, Cole hit a Shining Wizard on Luchasaurus for a near fall. He then hit the Panama Sunrise. Then the Bucks hit the BT trigger, and Cole... um <clears throat> lowered the boom to get the three count. Um, After the match, we had Adam Cole and Jungle Boy staring at each other. Uh, I thought another fantastic match. Um, I think that we've, well, we've talked about how over Adam Cole is. He gels so well with the Young Bucks. Like I know they were this super click team before, but that was like five years ago and he is just back like nothing happened. And you know what? Nothing did happen because Adam Cole was missing for five years. Um, uh, we don't know where he was, um, and it's just great to see like how easily he can come back into tagging with the Young Bucks. I thought that Luchasaurus, um, give him a special shout-out. He was very good in this match, and not a guy that really doesn't get enough credit for being just a very, very good big man and a very good base for uh, the, the more flippy guys to do spots out of. Jungle Boy, as always, is just... Great. There's so much potential with Jungle Boy as we know. And it is very cool to see that Jungle Boy is going to be Adam Cole's next match. SCW says, I agree with the face term, but I'd love to see the super click as the first trios champions. And um, yes, yeah, so the Young Bucks changed their bio to that to give us the trios titles. Um, whenever they are introduced by AW, keeps Young Bucks away from the tag titles. I think we get many fun matches. I think now would be a really great time to bring in the trios titles because. You do have the super click in there. And I do, I like your point about keeping the young bucks away from the tag titles. I think they do need to be away from those titles for quite a while now so that we can really open up the tag division and focus on teams like the Lucha Bros uh, and Proud and Powerful. So a trio's titles, are they coming soon? We we have heard that there is a new women's title coming soon, which I think is very Very good idea. Uh, And I would very much welcome a trio's title as well. Um, I think it's, uh, I think that any more might be too many at this stage. But if these are all booked well, uh, I think it can only enhance what we see on TV every week and only raise the stakes for stuff um, as well. Next, we had the men of the year with Dan Lambert defeating Chris Jericho and Jake. Hager. Awesome Judas entrance for Chris Jericho. 20,000 fans in attendance, by the way. Let's take this moment to say how incredible it is that AEW got 20,000 fans in attendance in this show in New York. WWE were New York. They were the New York Territory. I think that recently AEW has really kicked WWE's ass in New York, especially when you look at everything WWE had to do to get a good number at Madison Square Gardens. But the rise of AEW, they took over New York this week. Um, and that is very, very cool. The building looked incredible. The fans were so hyped for it. And yep, a gr- another great Judas entrance for, for Chris Jericho. Uh, a note on Ricky Starks. He said that the song the fans are singing is about Jericho turning on them. <laughs> uh, that baby laugh. We started off with Jericho and Scorpio Sky. Now, some of you may have forgotten that Scorpio Sky was the first man in AEW to pin Chris Jericho and I thought that the commentary team here did a great job speaking about Scorpio Sky and the creden- and Ethan Page and their credentials and why someone like Dan Lambert who hates everyone in AEW and he hates small guys and these two aren't two of the biggest guys but why he would side with them because of their legit credentials so great job on the commentary team here. We had a picture-in-picture in in this, thank God, no Rampage theme, where Hager got the tag and he ran wild on Page and Sky until Page tripped up Hager on the apron and then flew off the apron to the floor with a shoulder tackle. Later, Jericho and Sky were the ones who got the hot tags. Jericho hit a springboard dropkick to knock knock Page off the apron and then he dropped Sky with a fist off the top rope. Then he hit a picture-perfect lion salt. Always happy to see the lion salt pulled out for a near fall. We had Hager tagging in. He got um, a Hager bomb for near fall, the ankle lock on Scorpio Sky, then Jericho locked in the walls of Jericho. And then a terrible thing happened. Because if you were watching on Fight TV, this is not a good night for Fight TV. It ended because they put Rampage up as two separate parts. So My stream just, we got to this part and then it restarted the show. It went right back to the beginning of Rampage. And there I was trying to stop this and get to part two. So I actually missed the finish of this match. I came back and it was over. I was furious and I had to go back, but I don't know why Fight TV did that, but it certainly wasn't it did not make for a pleasant minute there when we had to change streams on this. I, that that shouldn't happen. You shouldn't have to change between part one and part two of a show. Um, so what happened at the time that I was trying to get the stream back was that um, Lambert got on the apron to distract Jericho and Hager and break up the submission holes. Hager ran the ropes and Lambert tripped him up, allowing Sky to roll him up with a small package for the pin. Then, huge angle after the match. Hager took out the men of the year. Jericho and Hager, they got their hands on Lambert. Then, from the crowd, we had the other members of America's top team. Junior Dos Santos, Paige Van Zandt, Austin Vanderfort, Andrei Orlovsky, Dalton Rosta, and Jorge Malzdov. They surrounded the ring. They all came in. They attacked Jericho and Hager. Paige Van Zandt. Burn knuckle boxer P.H. Van Zandt got shots in on Chris Jericho when he was held down. And then Jorge Masvidalov hit a running knee to Jericho's head, which took him out and busted him open. This was a crazy angle to um, end this match. So what I thought was going to happen in this match was that one of these guys, one of the MMA fighters, would take out Jericho. Um, man, he took that running knee. Like, he took the, <laughs> he took that running knee hard. But this angle, I thought, really cool. Um, Great use of the uh, America's top team members, because it doesn't make sense for us to see these guys every week and for them to not get physical. And this was a awesome way to do it. I think that the only thing I can say that I would have done differently here is I would have 100% put this one on Dynamite. I think this should have been on Dynamite because Dynamite was the live show. And it was such a hot angle. I would have switched maybe something like MJF and Brian Pillman um, for this or even the women's title match and like totally changed around how they the order of the of the dynamite show. But I just think because it was such a big angle, um, I would rather have not read about this on Twitter and seen it coming. I would have loved to have seen this live and not known what was going to happen. So where do we go from here? I don't know what this is setting up, um, but I think there's many ways that it can go. I can absolutely see one of these, one or two of these American top team members actually having a match. I do wonder about the status of Mike Tyson being aligned with the inner circle, whether or not he could sometimes factor in. But yeah, Nate Milton. Hi, Nit. Lovely to see you. I haven't really been as into the Lambert America top team stuff as most, but I really dug the post match. Presently surprised at how physical they got. Yes, yeah, um, I I loved loved the po the um the post match. It was ve- super cool. I know if you watched my interview with Jericho, he did say, you know, that there were plans going forward because i think that some people wondered because it was unexpected when jericho was the guy to answer to dan lambert so i think this made some people wonder would this be a one-off absolutely not a one-off they're going forward with this and i'm excited Mackie Z says, um, ESPN MMA covered Masvidal hitting that on Jericho. Did I mention great timing in them for do this with major UFC pay-per-views coming up? And oh, John Jones got arrested shortly after. So many were looking up UFC. Timing was absolutely wonderful. I think it's interesting, like the use of UFC fighters because Vince McMahon and Dana White have never seemed to be on the same page. But Tony Khan is always like my friend Dana White. And if Tony Khan can get that, Advantage of using MMA fighters over WWE, that's just another like feather in the cap of AEW. The one that really interests me is Paige Van Zandt. Paige Van Zandt has been courted so hard by WWE, and why wouldn't they? You know, she has everything that they could possibly want. Her being involved in AEW programming like this, love it. I love it. And it makes me think that if Paige wants to cross over to the world of pro wrestling, she's going to make the right choice with who she signs for. Um Mackie says, uh, Masvidov is the, is the UFC version of Razor Ramon. For those who don't know, he holds the BMF belt, which was handed to him by The Rock, also owns the quickest knockout in UFC history. Tony Khan is tight with Dana. Um, yeah, the publicity was really, really good. I saw um, so much uh, said about this match, so many articles. I know AW were retweeting MMA articles uh, about Jericho taking the knee like crazy. So anything that helps, um, anything that helps build the brand here, I totally welcome. And I welcome Dan Lambert continuing to be a part of AEW because he has been so great. Um my only thing that I'm going to worry about, and this is a wait and see, is what happens to Sky and Paige after this. You know, they got the win. They got the win over Hager and Jericho. But at the same time, the post-match looked like we were kind of moving on with, with who the feud was actually going to be about. Um, and I did see a comment here saying how good Hager's performance was. Hager's performance is, was very good. Yes, because Hager looked good in this match. I'm really high on Jake Hager. Um, I'm probably the, the highest person on Jake Hager. And I think that with the inner circle and where they are now, he should be the one that stays. Uh, at the side of of Jericho. And I know that with what we moved on to next, this is a a nice little segue here, because of course, Santana and Ortiz, they were in a match next. And I did see some people on Twitter say like, why are Santana and Ortiz just coming out for a match when their two friends um, have been beaten down so badly? I do, I, I do get with that criticism But the thing about the inner circle now, and this is one of the questions I asked Jericho this week, is where are the inner circle going forward? And he said that he did want to split up the inner circle. Tony Khan did not. So now they are just aligned rather than always having to be in each other's pockets. So for me, like, it makes sense if Santana Ortiz are preparing for a match, and maybe they're not totally conscious of what what was going on. Um, And you can even work it into the storyline that... Um, Jericho said to them before like no matter what happens guys like this is this is me and Hager have taken on this fight whereas you guys you you focus on your tag team match and your journey to the tag team titles it's the same with Sammy Guevara as well so i like the inner circle being like aligned friends now and it not having to be everything in the inner circle just involves every one of them like we don't have to have the inner circle pin of pinnacle style um deal again I, I i think it's good to keep them this way there's still a faction but they don't always have to involve themselves in each other's business um now, okay, so we have the Lucha Bros and Santana and Ortiz, as I said, defeating Private Party, Butch and the Blade with Matt Hardy. This started off with a crazy brawl, which ended with all of the Hardy family office on the floor and all of the baby faces hitting crazy over-the-top dives to the floor and their opponents. Um... We had Private Party hitting Ortiz with a crazy flipping DDT to the floor. Hardy then threatened to cut the hair off Ortiz. So rude. Then Orange Cassidy came out. Jack Evans tried to cut him off in the aisle, but he took an orange punch. We had another break, more of me listening to the theme tune. Um, At the end, Mark Quinn went for the shooting star press on Santana, but Santana avoided it, and the Lucha Boys hit the fear factor on Quinn. Santana and Ortiz followed up with a street sweeper, and Santana got the pin on Quinn. Very, very good, fast-paced match. Um, High energy, just total, total madness. I like seeing Santana and Ortiz in there with Lucha Bose, because we all know that Santana and Ortiz are going to challenge Lucha Bose for that title. Um, Minor criticism, too much Matt Hardy on this show. Um, It amazes me how much screen time Matt Hardy gets. He was out here. Then we went to the back where Matt Hardy was interviewed by, Ch- by Tony Schiavone. And he challenged Orange Cassidy to hair versus hair match on behalf of Jack Evans. And he said, you better win, Jack. And Jack did not look happy. So I've got to wonder even more why these guys are still aligned with Matt Hardy. If you would pull such a dirty trick there then, as to challenge someone to hair versus hair match and then put up the hair of one of his Hardy family office members. Like, come on. But we saw Jack, we saw uh, Matt Hardy again during the women's match. And it's just too much Matt Hardy, like way, way too much Matt Hardy on this show. Um, Leonard Aaron the third says the finishing sequence with the Luchbo hitting their finishers followed immediately by Santana Ortiz hitting theirs was a major chef's, chef's kiss. Yes, it was um, absolutely wonderful. Um, Matthew says, um, the inevitable Santana and Ortiz versus Luchibro's match is going to be a classic. It absolutely is. I can't wait till they finally get in the ring. I will say as much as I wanted Santana and Ortiz to be challenging for the tag team titles in New York, like when we were on the lead up to All Out, I talked about that a lot. um, They didn't get that, but... I'm fine with it. They got a nice moment in New York and it's good that they were factored into the show here. And yeah, and onwards and upwards for Santana and Ortiz. Next we had... Sammy Guevara coming out with Fuego de Sol to do his sign cue card gimmick, but he was attacked by Miro. He was absolutely destroyed. Uh, Del Sol was thrown off the stage and into some tables. Miro then locked the game over on Guevara. The next TNT champ card was torn up by Miro. Um, this was sold so well by Ricky Starks and Taz on commentary. Uh, that was the highlight of this. Um, Sammy... He has the match um next week and I don't think Sammy's gonna beat Miro, but I think he's gonna beat him next time. And I think Sammy is our next TNT champion. If I just look at how the title has been booked, once it got on Darby Allen, so if we discount like the, the Cody ran, um we look at Darby Allen had this great run where he really established himself with that championship and then when the time was right, they took it off him. Um Miro has really, really really established his dominance holding this title and I think it might be another chance of just ending the reign um before before people kind of basically get sick of the same formula but I think Sammy is the next TNT champion but I think it will probably happen at um, full gear might be too far away but full gear or before we're gonna see we're gonna see um Sammy Guevara as TNT champion um, the next TNT champion. Um, McCass said, didn't Orange Cassidy just face Jack Evans? What's TK thinking with this? Matt Hardy was fine when it was just him and private party. Too many people in this stable. It is cluttered and sloppy. There's too many people in this stable, and the stable gives too many opportunities for Matt Hardy to be on TV. And just no offense to Matt Hardy, but I just think the amount of TV time he gets compared to other members of the roster, I just don't understand how he gets so much of it. So the more people you put in the stable, the more opportunities there's for him to come out because he's now out all the time during women's matches too. Speaking of that, we had Penelope Ford defeating Anna Jay. Now, Anna Jay attacked Ford on the entrance ramp before the bell. Uh, Ford briefly got the advantage in the ring, but Jay dumped her back onto the floor, whipped into the post, and the barricade and ringside. uh, In the ring, Jay went for the sleeper. Then we had the bunny coming down, distracting Jay, causing her to break the hold. Um, I thought this was very silly on Anna Jay's part. I would have just continued on the hold here. The distraction gave Penelope the advantage. She choked Jay on the ropes. We went to a break, back from break bunny up in the apron to distract the referee, and then threw brass knucks to Ford. Ford hit Jay with knucks and got the pin. Post-match, we had Ford and the bunny beating down Jay. Then Ty Conte ran in. I wondered about this, because I think Ty should have been out from the start, given what we know about, um, you know, how underhanded Penelope, Ford, and the bunny are. Um, And then we had the bunny, like, she took out out of Jay um and then the hardy family office they came out and they kind of formed a barrier to make sure no one could get to the ring but orange cassidy and chris satlander came out and then the dark Order came out all of the dark order. Um, they sent the Hardy family office packing. It looked like the dark order were on the same page, but then in the ring, Alex and Preston tried to apologize to evil Uno and Stu Grayson, but Stu and Uno left along with Colt Cabana. Uh, but Colt Cabana looked a little bit more confused. Um, but so the divide within the dark order continues. Um, I find this match pretty disappointing um to be honest um i don't think there was any big uh there was nothing very impressive about this it was more just an angle than a match and i don't think that it was a big or good enough match to be on this card it it was very much if you needed a bathroom break break match this was really it um Nate says every time the Hardy family offers is on my screen, all I could think is this would be a lovely spot for a Lee Moriarty showcase. Uh, Yeah, absolutely. You know, they, they signed Lee and he's someone I would love to see on TV more. And with the amount of screen time that Matt Hardy is sucking up, you could absolutely give it um, to someone like Lee Moriarty uh, completely. Just if Lee ends up joining the Hardy family office, I will not be able to deal with that. Um, Mikhail said, I love that Tony, I know Tony Khan likes to get everyone on TV, but this was just too much, but I love the Dark Order, so I'm okay with this. Um, Darren says, I want more Ty Conte on TV, she's so underrated, love to see her versus Thunder Rosa, I agree. Um, Mackie says, Dark Order won't win any matches unless it's infighting on Dark Order until Rotunda comes in, i.e. Wyndham, i.e. Bray Wyatt, i.e. The Fiend in Rochester or later in my opinion. It was to get eyes, some eyes on them so they stay relevant when a new leader emerges. Um, I've talked about this a lot. I do not want a new leader for the Dark Order and I especially don't want it to be Wyndham. Nothing against Wyndham. I'm totally fine with him coming in. I just think the idea of him Leading the faction that was led by his late friend, I, I just think something that there's something wrong about that, and it's not something I want to see. I like to keep the Dark Order with no official leader. They have their their friend Hangman Page that brings them, them together. We have Negative One as like a figurehead. I absolutely don't want to see Brody uh, replaced in any way. I don't think the Dark Order need a a leader per se at all, and I think just. Putting Wyndham in that spot is I don't know what the word is. It's kind of cheap or something, you know. I I it is. I think it's a the wrong way to to use um Brody's memory. And it's also puts Wyndham in such a different a difficult position if he comes into the company like basically taking over Brody's role. it's it's just no, no, it, it would not make me feel good. Um McCaff said Hangman makes his return next week. I hope, anyways. Yeah, Hangman is going to be the one to reunite these guys. It, it won't be another, another leader. It will be it will be Hangman. Um, okay, we had Mark Henry doing his little face-to-face um interviews with Su- Su- yeah, Suzuki Gun and Moxley in Kingston. And this kind of broke down quickly. Um And then we had the Lights Out match. We got the the notice from Justin Roberts that this is not part of the official card. Anything goes. So we had Lance Archer came out to his music, which, of course, reminds me of It's My Life by Bon Jovi. And then we got Kazanina Ray starting in the middle of the song. And the crowd, of course, reacted and they sang along. This match was wild. I don't even know how I can go through it. Archer had loads of plunder he was bringing to the ring. The brawl started on the floor. Moxley parted off for Suzuki, Kingston with Archer. Suzuki and Moxley did jeweled d- with chairs on the entrance ramp. That was an awesome visual. Uh, Suzuki and Kingston were then in the ring. There was a massive chant for Eddie. He was so, so over um, in his hometown. Um Lance Archer was beating up a lot of AW young boys who have never existed before. <laughs> and the commentators called them ring attendants. Um, later on in the match, we saw Lance Archer finding a strap under the ring. Moxie and Suzuki were forming each other. Then Archer um, hit Moxie with the strap. We went to the commercial break. Um, Archer and Suzuki, during the break, had taped Moxie's arms behind his back with duct tape. They whipped um, then Suzuki set up chairs in the ring and Archer set up Kingston for a black hole slam. But before Archer could hit the move, we heard some unfamiliar music, and it was Homicide, whose name came up in the ramp. Very, very cool. And um, he ran in from the crowd, attacked the heels, then cut Moxie free. This allowed Moxie and Kingston to come back. Moxie hit a DDT in Archer. Kingston put a trash can on Archer's head, and then they beat the can with a candlestick for a full 30. Forty seconds and then Kingston got the pin. Um this was just a very fun plunder brawl match. I love the whole idea of the lights out, anything goes match. Really, really cool. Um, an awesome spot for homicide. Um someone who's never been given as big a uh, um as big uh, a spotlight as this before. I love that Tony Khan will do this. Um I love like can you imagine if Eddie Kingston was in WWE and they were doing a huge New York show and he went up to Vince McMahon and said, can you let my friend Homicide do a run and it'd be awesome to have him in front of the New York card? It just wouldn't happen. That just thought wouldn't be entertained at all. So I love how Tony can, you know, reflects back on, on wrestling history, whether it be quite recent history or not, and lets guys that, deserve some spotlight, deserve a big moment, get it, especially in their hometown. This was a tremendous moment for Eddie Kingston, who was just so great during the pandemic. Um, He has an incredible story, and to give him this in New York was wonderful. As far as the match goes, it was just a violent, fun way to end the show. I think if you look at how this was taped, because they. They taped Dynamite first, and then they taped Rampage. I think for the crowd, this was really, really good um, for them to, because they must have been tired, but just to end with this kind of like, full, high energy, violent, violent match. Um, and of course, the hometown heroes, getting to be hometown heroes, which is something that you never, ever, ever see in WWE. Um Uh, Lovely message here from SP3. Really like the Rampage review has made its way to your arsenal. This is why you're for AW and Wrestling Media. Thank you so much, SP3. That means a lot. Uh, Go check out True Heel Heat because they had a huge guest this week, uh, Chris Van Vliet. Go check that one out. Um, But, yes. Now, what is coming up for Dynamite and Rampage for Dynamite, we have Nero versus Sammy Guevara for the TNT title, Jungle Boy versus Adam Cole, Cody Rhodes and Lee Johnson versus Dante Martin and Matt Seidel, Ty Conte and Anna Jay versus the Bunny and Penelope Ford, and then announced for next week's Rampage, um, Orange Cassidy versus... Um, Jack Evans hair versus hair match. So there you have it. Stay tuned to this channel um, because you will be hearing more from me before uh, Dynamite. So yes, uh, make sure you are subscribed. As I said at the top of the show, I will be reviewing Rampage every week now in this channel. It will probably be on a Saturday. The only thing that might affect the schedule is my dates with Rev Pro But I will always put the link up there uh, for you a couple of days before. So you will know what time it is at. Uh, Of course, join me for AW Weekly on Thursday. Uh, Join me in Wrestling Daily on Thursday. Uh, Once again, subscribe. Please, that's the best way to support. Share this video. Tell all your friends. Tell your grandma. And go watch my latest interview with Chris Jericho. I know you guys will really enjoy it. But until next time we